This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. They did a great job. Um, and then we found our chances and uh, great spirits, really, really hot. I think during the game, nobody thought about it. Uh, even myself, I didn't. But um, Arsenal had 48 hours more than, uh, than us uh, to rest. So it was hard, but I think come from their hearts, this, this effort, this battle, and even the last uh, minutes of the game after 2-1, zero problems, uh, everything under, under control. So we are happy. We are happy because we made the fans happy. We are happy because we are still in the fight to, to an Europa League um, position. On the Ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Jose Mourinho says that his side managed the game against Arsenal very well. They weren't troubled. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's me, Ross. This is On the Ball. Uh, very special guests this evening. Uh, I've got Aston Villa fan, Gogolin. Hello, Gogs. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, Liverpool fan, Des Corkill is here. Hello, Des. And a pseudo Cardiff fan as well. It's fascinating at the bottom end or, or the uh, uh, pr- promotion end of the uh, championship. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to talk championship. And we've got Leeds United fan Arvin Sidhu with us as well. Hello, Arvin. Hello, everyone. Good week ahead. It's a good week ahead. <laughs> Tweet us all at uh, BFM Radio. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Also, give us a subscribe on YouTube. It's TFIF on video. That's our YouTube channel. Um, First of all, uh, this part of the world woke up Saturday morning to really sad news that uh, Jack Charlton passed away at the age of 85. I'm going to come to you, Des Corkill. Now, Now, Jack Charlton was a giant of the game, wasn't he? He certainly was. He was part of the, the famous Dirty Leeds team of uh, the, the 70s who, who did so well. But I tell you what, I think Jack was one of the more honest ones in that because he'd tell you he was going to kick you. And then he did kick you. But he was also, he was also good in the air. He was a, a wonderful organiser. He was a perfect foil for Bobby Moore in the World Cup winning side because he didn't trust Bobby Moore which is a, re- a really good thing on the football field. And then, of course, he translated that into managership at Middlesbrough. He revolutionised mm. what Middlesbrough did, took them up through, through the leagues, did a really good job at Sheffield Wednesday. The rewards of all that, he had a, a, a more difficult ta- uh, time at Newcastle. And then, of course, Ireland, where probably your generation or this generation remembers him most that, mostly, where he took Ireland, Republic of Ireland, to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Just an astonishing achievement. He got the freedom of Ireland being born from Ashington. An Englishman getting the freedom of Ireland, is, <laughs> that tells you everything. It was a, a life wonderfully lived. And I, I don't think you should be sad. I think you should be celebrating somebody like Jack Jarrett. Yep. Rest in peace, Big Jack. Right, uh, let's talk football then. And let's start with the North London derby. We heard Jose Mourinho at the start, uh, it finished Spurs 2, Arsenal 1, Alvin. But um, it was a game that, that showed up flaws in, in both sides, I, I thought. And, and yeah, if you look at Jose's record, you can't knock it. He's, he's got them up to fifth. 
Yeah, uh, Jose was a little bit, I would say, I think Arsenal got to him a little bit a couple of weeks ago with a little tweet that they did on their social media. And he had said, um, I'll wait for you when you come when you come over to, to our side of the town. And, and he delivered because he's always been able to capitalize on a, a soft underbelly that the Arsenal team has had for the last couple of years. And it showed last night. I felt so sorry for, for the attack of Arsenal. Alexander Lacazette, what a good goal he scored. One of the best of the weekend. Yeah. And then two minutes later, you have a miscom between Kolasinac and David Luiz where the pass <laughs> goes wayward and all that good works goes undone. And this really is the characteristics of both these teams. Um, they will not go anywhere next season unless they sort out structurally and defensively where they just... They're just all over the place. Even Spurs, even even we we revel at how good Moreno's teams yeah, have been yeah, over yeah. the last couple of years. Even at Spurs, defensively, they're not great. Mm-hmm. So it was just a, a better of, of, of the two, which they somehow eat it through. But yeah, these teams still got a lot of work to do. Gogs, Jose Mourinho, I was reading, is the third highest paid manager in the world. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's, I mean, a really hardened Spurs fan it has to be one who says, that's attractive football. Arsenal looked like, well, they had the major possession in the yeah. game. They looked the more likely, didn't they? I was, I was wondering how they lost this game. You know, obviously, like what Arin pointed out with the soft underbelly that, you know, Arsenal being Arsenal, right? But they were dictating the game and the second half, they completely showed up, took over the game. I think they had 80% possession at one point in the second half. And then, of course, letting it go. It's hmm. uh, Arsenal. I mean, Arteta Arsenal has got a lot of Arsenal. work to do. Yeah, Arteta has got a lot of work to do. He's got a good... Uh, striking uh, options up front, but you know, with that defense, I mean, still playing David Luiz is uh, it's it's exasperating. But, but the youngsters, but Des, there, there is a discernible plan with Arsenal. I mean, if you look at Tierney, you look at Saka, there, there is a future there, and and you can kind of see what Arteta's trying to do. That they, they move the ball quickly. They're they're pretty to watch. Uh, I think before the start of the uh, the, the restart, uh, we were talking about Arsenal. I made the, the comment that this. This little, little series of games is very important for Mikel Arteta to actually truly establish himself. And he, he is trying to, to do that. Tierney puts in a lovely ball uh, from the left-hand side. Bellerin, of course, is, is great. But yeah, the guys have got it dead right. If, if you're giving cheap goals away, like you are, despite having a solid goalkeeper in Martinez, who are much mm. prepared to Leno, by the way, if you're giving a cheap goal away two minutes after you've taken the lead, and then the winner comes from a header six yards out, <laughs> that's, a, that's a problem. If inter- Really good teams don't concede cheap goals, and Arsenal have conceded a couple of cheap goals. I just need to mention Toby Alderweireld. Uh, there are some players who just must play. I, 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 I think any fan looks at a club and says, oh, Tottenham's best defender, Toby Alderweireld. And suddenly he comes back and they've started winning. A couple of clean sheets and a victory over Arsenal. Before that, he hadn't been played and he hadn't been injured. I don't know. Um, I, I love Mourinho's money. I'm sure I could pick Toby Alderweireld every week. <laughs> so, but, so there you have it. Then. A, a white bus won the North London derby. <laughs> Norwich nil, West Ham four, four goals from 30-year-old Mikel Antonio. Um, it's a result that uh, relegates Norwich City, Gogolin. Um, your your favourite team, Villa, are down there. We'll talk about them later. But, but Norwich are gone. Two more to follow. Um, do, do you think Norwich were naive? Did they deserve to go down? Should they have spent more money? What should they have done? 
Well, I mean, there's no magic formula. There's no team that deserves to go down. But like we were speaking before the show, they they stuck to their guns, and I think it showed in the Premier League. You know, you, 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 they they decided to play the football their their brand of football, and it, it it obviously lacked. And I think they gave it up right after the restart. They knew that they, they, after they lost the first two games, they were they they, they knew that they were relegated already. So you could see. I mean, to lose four 0 to West Ham, you could see that the players are not in it already. Hmm. Uh, Alvin, uh, David Moyes. If he saves West Ham this time, it's going to be West Ham saviour twice. <laughs> twice means a statue outside the stadium. <laughs> Although, yeah, in 2020, statues... Hey, 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 careful what you wish for, Ross. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, we, we joke about Moyes. He is a, a, a laughable character, but substance, he's brought to West Ham. 4-0 away is, is no mean feat. Yeah, but barely. I mean, Ross, really barely. He he has just got them. Um, he came in and he said that winning is what I do. That I remember one of his quotes when he came in and he said that. Uh, but he's barely got them up there because I would say that there are teams which are much, much worse than West Ham. West Ham have still got a tough game, by the way. They've got to play Watford and they're both on the same same level of points and they still could get dragged down. I, I get there's a four-point four point cushion that they have right now. But he's barely done it. And he's done it against a Norwich team which has pretty much given up hope for a couple of weeks right now. So I wouldn't give him too much credit. I don't think so. The Hammers fans are, are too too enlightened with the way that he plays football, the, 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 the days of Trevor Booking. Do you remember the flair that, that West Ham has as a team? I don't feel that the fans are too happy. And if you remember correctly, Karen Brady was one of the owners that had come out and said that she was up for the team, the season being cancelled mm-hmm. uh, and, and starting afresh. That kind of shows how much of Actual, actual confidence that she has in the squad, in Moyes. So I think he's barely done it. Uh, but, but just keep an that, eye out. You could say, despite yeah. all that, he's still doing it. All right, um, Des. Well, I, I, I mean, mean I, no, wait, sorry, I've got to jump in on this. As a, as a relegation candidate, I would give anything for a David Moyes kind of character right now who knows how to get out of a relegation battle. And a 4-0 win at this stage is is going to be, you know, contagious. Yeah, it, it's, got, it's contagious. got to rub off onto the next game, that kind of result. Yeah. But okay, Des Corkill, I know, is a purveyor of good football. And Norwich, to their credit, have been trying all season. So what, what is this? Is this naivety? I mean, wouldn't they have, have done good to solidify one season playing Crystal Palace-style football and then slowly trying to blend it? Huh, Des? Huh, huh, huh? So, so it depends on, on what your actual goals are. I remember when Sean Dyche and Burnley first came up and they, were, they played this turgid stuff and they went back down and they've come back up again and been able to solidify. So clubs uh, may well use this as a yo-yo opportunity because the ridiculous money is still there for Norwich last year. They've got a, a style of play. They've, they've got a, a niceness about the club. I think if, you, if, you're, if you've got a principle and you stick to principle, congratulations. It's not only about staying in the top division it's not only about money uh, it is about a wider audience and um uh, I, I i i'll go on about that for, forever ever under there i also think ross little castigation for you here we can't call individuals laughable characters you've just said that about david <laughs> Moyes. That's, no, well, that's okay. not for that's a personal a, a all right on, on a Mr. guy Moyes, mrs and Moyes and the entire Moyes clan i'm sorry <laughs> And we've gone through this game without mentioning Michael Antonio. Four goals in the game. Four really good goals and a, a difficult close-range volley, which everyone said is a tap-in, isn't it? Okay, and let, me jump, return, in with a a let me jump in with a question. 30-year-old Michael Antonio, four goals. 
he is it too late for him for for international honors because he could do a job uh he's <laughs> you you'd, you'd hope that uh, the national team wouldn't need him but he could do a job <laughs> anywhere on the front line so I guess that answers your question, Ross. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> um, all right, let's move on and, and talk about probably the biggest shock result of the weekend. Sheffield United 3, Chelsea 0. Um, this was Sheffield United's 10th home win of, a, of an astounding season. Now, Arvin, you're a Leeds United fan. Leeds look premiership bound. Are, are you... Do you look in envy at what Chris Wilder has done at Sheffield United? I do. I, I watched Chris Wilder's Sheffield United um, beat Leeds last season, which pretty much was one of the games that kind of determined them going up. And he has done an absolute magnificent job at that club. If it wasn't for maybe Jurgen Klopp being one of the, probably the manager of the season, Chris Wilder is right up there. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins it because the brand of football that he has done, he's been able to get the most out of players which were not household names. And on this day, they bullied Chelsea in every way. They, they, they out, that tactically outplayed them. They were more physical. They had more desire. And, they, and he clearly showed. And these were two managers that came from the championship. Keep in mind that Lampard was at Derby. Uh, Wilder has come up with Sheffield United through a couple of divisions. These were two managers that had, had battled before last season. But they, they were magnificent on the day. And really, uh, it, it showed a lot of flaws that Chelsea still has to, to sort out, regardless of how excited we are about next season with Hakim Ziyech and Timo Werner. They've still got quite a lot of work to do. And that's at the back defensively. Yeah, well, that, that's it. Uh, in a nutshell, Lampard's Chelsea Gogs has conceded 49 goals this season. Uh, that's where they need to shore up if, they, if they're going to be serious, right? I mean, this is, this is uh, pervasive of all the top four teams with the, the defence looking the weakest link. Liverpool had this problem for, for years. And once they sorted it out, look what happened. And this, I mean, Chelsea, like what uh, Arvin was saying, we are all talking about next season, but this season, look, when you get outplayed by Sheffield United, who had desire to win. And bear in mind, we were talking about Sheffield United being written off just after project restart, right? Because of their form and everything, and they were tailing off. And look how they came back. Yep. The grit and the fight that we showed. Mm. Des, but Chelsea, Chelsea, one word, N'Golo Kante. No N'Golo mm. Kante. And you're an awful lot more vulnerable throughout the throughout the middle. For some reason, neither Sarri last year uh, nor Frank Lampard this year decided that the guy who won the previous two championships and won the World Cup with uh, France is, is is good enough anymore. And to me, I, I, that's one of those. It's one of those Toby Alder weird old things. Of course, you play Kante if he's fit. Admittedly, he's not been fit all the time. Side question, Des: Do you think the goalkeeper Kepa uh, has the trust of Frank Lampard? Uh, he's had a difficult season, hasn't he? And, and, and I think it was summed up by the first goal where he's actually managed to make a, a really remarkable reaction save to a yeah. double, uh, a double um, deflection. And it's still just bounced straight for uh, David McGoldrick for the first of his two goals. Goalkeepers need a bit of time. You remember when uh, David De Gea first came in, he took a year or so to, to really convince everybody. You, I've not seen enough from Kepper to actually think he's a, a De Gea kind of quality, but enough good people have. So why would you throw away a world record goalkeeper after one year? Okay. Um, but that, more Premier League football then when we return after this break. That's it. It's all over. This is a big win. On the ball on BFM 89.9. 
has come up with uh, something beyond ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Gogolin, Arvin and Des Corkill in the house. Now, um, let's be honest with you now. At the time of recording this, which is early Monday afternoon, uh, the Man City decision of whether they can play in Europe had not yet been announced. Okay, so... um, Yeah, the news is up on our Facebook page, but we're just going to brush over Man City's 5-0 win over Brighton and say, well done, Raheem Sterling. Well done, Man City, for for getting second place. Let's move on to to Liverpool 1, Burnley 1. The 100% record, Des, that was a bit of vanity. That would have uh, been the icing on on, on the cake of of a wonderful season. But uh, credit to Burnley. Everyone thought they were going to get stuffed. But uh, Sean Dyche, um, the fact that Burnley players are not at the beach on their summer holidays, well, maybe because of COVID, um, is a testament to how well Sean Dyche has done. Yeah, Liverpool, I think, um, are kind of on not remote control, but they, they weren't at their scintillating, most, most um, clinical finishing. Even then, it's only courtesy of Nick Pope who had a two yeah. sensational saves. The one from Mane in the second half yeah. is true. Truly world-class. Um, so it, it could have been a comfortable 2-0 for Liverpool, which you were expecting, and then they get done by a typical Burnley ball boot header finish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, so yeah, credit to Burnley. But I'll, I'll compare them to Norwich, and I know everyone will say, but Burnley are still in the Premier League. I hate watching them. They're, they're, they're a despicably <laughs> horrible, functional side. And remember, we give these guys a hundred... We, the paying customer give these guys £150 million to serve up that turgid garbage. Do, do you reckon Sean Dyche could prosper and, and morph into an attacking manager if he was given a bigger club with, with, with more expense, expenses? You think he's, he's that kind of manager at this level and he's very good at what he does? Yeah. Is, it, was, is, it, I mean, is he a one-trick it, pony? I, I think so. I mean, he's done great. It's eight years now, I think, at, yeah. at, at, at Burnley. He's, he's, he's done very well. And he's got a winger in this year, to be fair. One winger. But <laughs> winger. He's, turned him, he's turned him into a full-back and he's turned another <laughs> right-back, uh, a left-back, an international left-back into a right midfielder. So I, I do think... My, my issue isn't, isn't, with, isn't with Sean Dyche. As a, as a person, clearly a fabulous motivator of men. My issue is with paying a lot of money to watch this turgid garbage. And I'll keep saying, clubs have a duty of care to their customers. That's why I lord Norwich and I berate Burnley. All right, moving on. Aston Villa to Crystal Palace, nil. Um, Villa's first win, Gogolin, since the 21st of January. When I read that, I, my, I was agog. What a yeah, stat. Well, I know. So, I mean, I was thinking to myself, you know, before this game, we obviously played Liverpool and United before this. But before this game, I was saying, if you have, if we can't beat Palace at home, you have no business being in the Premiership. Right? So, I mean, it was... It so, was so a, now, a, with three to go, how do you feel? Well, it's still touch and go. I gave up, I gave up the ghost when Watford won on the weekend against Newcastle and it was points. But, and then I wake up and find out that we, I'm sure we get into that the Leicester Bournemouth and Leicester result, but it's in it's in our hands now. I mean, we just got to keep winning our games, and you know we've gone through the hard fixtures. We got to win our games, and um, we got to pray for the best. We got uh, to start scoring. We, the, the, 
main factor is we do not have out and out striker. The strikers we've bought have not been up to par. We've uh, we just not scoring, and as you, as you can see, if you don't score goals, you don't win games. That's the voice of a pained Aston Villa fan, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Very, very pained. <laughs> Works. Oh. <laughs> um, um, all right. Else, yeah. El- elsewhere, Arvin. Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. I've got to. I've got to say the ridiculous um, uh, cancellation of the goal by Sacco. Just yeah, outrageous. Yeah. VAR strikes again, and Jack Grealish, you. Cheat that penalty where he dives. My giddy, well, it's the same thing as what Fernandez allowing, did. Uh, that doesn't make it right. And exactly, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not people, saying it's, it's right. People I'm are becoming right. immune to this, Gogs. They're allowing it and saying, Oh, it's reasonable. He did well, he didn't. He cheated, he cheated, and it makes my blood boil. And the fact that society generally accepts this as reasonable is so worrying. Because cheats are beginning to get their way. It's horrible. Exactly. I mean, the Fernandez thing was the case in point, right? It was reviewed Big over time. and over again, and it's still gave it, be given. And I called it at the time. I, I, I called him a cheat as well. I think I'm the only one because everyone else has got this loving with Fernandez. And I'm saying that's <laughs> twice now. He's cheated. No, 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 no. That, that's, that's a VAR problem. I mean, if it's if not a VAR problem, it's a personal problem to actually think that anyone even slightly touches you, you have a right to go down and try and yeah. cheat the other team out of a goal. That's a personal issue. All right. Okay. 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 Wait, wait, wait. That, you might say it's a personal issue, but when when you get countless decisions going to be going against you, and you see week in week out being done on, on other players, you are going. To, every player is going to go down once there's a touch in the penalty. So everyone cheats. My, everyone, everyone my, my, cheats, and it's okay. No problem. My concern with my concern with Jack Relish is that there's been eight games for Villa. He's had eight different haircuts. He's had no output, no assists, no goals. When you would think that it's the business end of the season, and you need uh, Grealish to, to deliver, yeah, I agree up. with 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 that. But I, barely. I mean, I agree with this. He's he's more. Int- There's a reason why he's the most foul player in in the in the Premier League. I, I get it. He's a very skillful, streetwise type football. But my God, from last season, Gogs, right up from the Championship to the Premier League, you blow at him and he falls. It's 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 quite embarrassing at times. I have to say. All right, we got we we got. He still's got the second highest assist in the Premier League next to KDB. Okay, we we need to wrap up the weekend's football, but we need to talk about Bournemouth four, Leicester City one. Uh, Villa won, but so did Bournemouth, and nobody saw this one coming because I actually went to bed at halftime with Leicester one up and through JB Vardy. I thought, right, that's done. Wake up this morning, check the score. Had to double check on 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 Astro on the go to see the highlights, and yeah, what a win for Bournemouth. But is it too little, too late? There's Corkill. Uh, yeah, I was one of those who who, who was strangely got up just around about with half an hour to go and was 1-0 to Leicester. And so I saw this remarkable game. Um, a cheap penalty changes everything. Uh, a ridiculous sending off yep. changes everything. And then uh, Solanke scores two goals. So I, I reckon I was still asleep. You don't think it was a sending off though? No, I don't because the, the protagonist has got away with it. The instigator of that issue the guy diving into Soyonku has got away with it scot-free. You, Gogs, somebody comes to you and pushes you into the back of the net. What do you do, Gogs? Oh, there you go, fella. No, ah, it, I realize no, no, I what agree, you were trying I agree, to I agree. do there. So, but, but, again, what, 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 I'm, what I'm saying here is the, the protagonist is always the one who gets away with it here. The cheat who goes down for the penalty is always the one who gets away with it. Mm. This is a societal issue. 
uh, football on a bigger on a bigger scale. This to me is a major a major issue. Okay, uh, wrapping up then with Wolves three Everton nil. Arvin, quick nice word about Wolves or a bad one about Everton. What was really nice about Wolves was on their right-hand side of their top three, there's a youngster from Portugal by the name of Daniel Prudence. I thought he did amazingly well. He was so intricate in the way he was playing. He was linking up really well. Uh, And that shows. And there's a little... I mean, we've raved about Adama Traore throughout the entire season, but we have to keep in mind and look at the stats of how much Adama Traore has actually not started games. He's not started a hell of a lot of games because Mm -hmm. what Nuno likes to do is Nuno likes to bring him on later on. But that shows that Nuno probably has a bit more more comfort and a little bit more faith in actual starters that deliver. But again, Wolves coming back. And it's just amazing to think that the amount of games that they have played in this season, right up till now, the squads, and it's a small squad, right? They still look fresh. They still look threatening. Defensively, they're very sound. So another team which I think has done really well this season that deserves all the plaudits that it's getting right now. Okay, there's quick word about blue half of of Liverpool. Um, how far is Ancelotti away? Will he stick around? You look at him and he looks so cheesed off. <laughs> I, I, I think he will stick around because he wouldn't like to have a, a failure against mm-hmm. against his name. And uh, Everton are lucky to have him. You know, we expected uh, Everton to maybe kick on just a little bit, and they haven't. And then you look at the selection for that, and you go, maybe. maybe Maybe you can see why they haven't kicked on. If you've got uh, Anthony Gordon, Tom Davis and Theo Walcott in your midfield and Gilfie Sigurdsson, you're not going to win many tackles. You're not going to win much of the ball. Um, but I, I think for the good of Merseyside, I hope Ancelotti stays because he's, he's, he's quality. All right. Brilliant stuff. We're off for another break. Stick around. Back right after this. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Uh, uh, me, Ross, along with Des Corkill, um, Goglin, and Arvin Sidhu. You can tweet us at BFM Radio. You can follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And we have a video that comes out every Friday, so subscribe to our YouTube channel, TFIF on Video. Right, one more tie to wrap up uh, Match Week 35, and that's happening tonight, or rather early tomorrow morning. Man United, who are on great form at the moment. I I saw the form table. If it started after COVID, the league, then United have won the title already. There's, uh, they're that good. <laughs> COVID champions, COVID champions, Andros. <laughs> the, but those straws, those straws you clutch at. Yeah, indeed, indeed. No, uh, at least they're made out of paper. A serious word about Southampton and how well Ralph Hasenhuttle has done because they've been on the wrong end of some results this season, and yet they they are good to watch, right, Des? Uh, yes, they try to play football in the right way. They've got an end product because uh, Danny Ings is there. They they don't sit back and and just stifle games. They do out and uh, do go out and try to have a go. So I I, I think it's really really excellent. They're the kind of team I, I, I want in the lower ends of the, the Premier League, and if they're good enough to actually get up into the top top echelons, because they'll they'll provide you some entertainment if you've not got a personal interest in the game. Gogs. Um... I'm going to ask you to say something nice about Ole and Man United. Were, were you when, when, uh, he, 
I mean, it's well, like I, I got something nice to say. I'm saying, like, like you said, you, they are the form team now, and they are really a delight to watch. The United of the post-COVID United, right? The Project Restart United is a delight to watch. I mean, they, you guys should really be looking forward to the next season when you're rebuilt. Big time. Yeah, David the Gea team. is set to make his 400th appearance uh, if he plays against Southampton, which is which is saying some these days. Uh, yeah. And and yeah, um, all right. That one's a three a.m. kickoff. We we need to talk about the championship. And I'm coming to you first, Arvin Sidhu. Pablo Hernandez secured a, a late strike, a winner, one nil winner against Swansea. Um, a tribute, a great tribute to Big Jack, Big Jack for for the, for the weekend. Um, Leeds have got more than one toe in the Premier League, haven't they? They do, after 16 years. Uh, and not just Big Jack, it's been a season where we've lost quite a few legends. Norman Hunter, Trevor Cherry, the team has it's been an emotional season. And Pablo Hernandez was one player where last season, when when they had failed in, in the semis, you could have seen how much it meant to him. The, the man literally fell to his knees. He was in tears. I was in tears when, when it happened, really, at that moment in time. But last night, he came on against his ex-club. Um, he, he's no longer the Pablo Hernandez where he's less than 30. He's able to start games. Marcelo Bielsa has kept him on the bench for the last four games but when he comes on he makes things work so well and the championship right now is so interesting and so intense because you've got still got four teams who have a chance to get automatic promotion mm. but Leeds right now four points out of the next nine it doesn't matter what what Brentford does what West Brom does what Fulham does as long as Leeds get four four points out of nine back to the promised land after 16 years very very good times ahead do 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 a team like Leeds does call belong in the top, top at the top table of English football, any team that uh, gets promoted after a long season deserves it because they've worked terrifically hard. Can I just change the focus though to Pablo Hernandez? I tell you what, it's a thorn into the Swans that one was because he's a he's a former Swansea player. player. Yeah, and and that battle for the seventh playoff place is phenomenal. Cardiff are in there just at the moment. The Swans are just down. I. I, I used to live and work in Swansea and do some work for Swansea City. I lived exactly the same at Cardiff as well. So my, my loyalties are split between them. But Bristol City are there, Derby are there, right the way down to Blackburn, I think, in 11th. You've got teams with a genuine chance with three games to go of getting mm. into the playoffs. And then that team would carry momentum if they do so into the playoffs. So I'm looking forward to a, a wonderful end. And if you do get into the playoffs, Arvin, or if you if you do falter and only get in the playoffs, I'd really worry. Yeah, I would. But uh, but but again, there's one very interesting stat. In the entire Europe, top five leagues, including Premier League Championship, Marcelo Bielsa has got the most number of clean sheets. This Leeds team knows how to shut up shot. When you keep clean sheets, you have a chance of promotion. Uh, home game against Barnley, you get Yorkshire Derby in a couple of days. That's going to be a big one. If, if they get through that and they get a win for that, uh, but Barnsley is, is, is the final place. They're last on the table, but we found out what happened last season against Wigan. <laughs> so Leeds, ha- Leeds are their own worst enemy right now, but I'm more confident this season that we'll make it through. All right, well, West Brom slipped up this weekend. It was a 1-1 draw with Blackburn. But probably, Gogs, the form team in the championship right now is Brentford. I've been keeping half an eye out on them. This side Ben Rama character they've got playing for them is really, really good. I was reading somewhere that Chelsea are sniffing around. They, they might want to sign him. Of course, Mopé came from, from Brentford. They, they have a good scouting system. They unearthed some pretty good players, don't they? Their late push is reminiscent of what Villa did the last season, but their the form yep. is coming at the right time, right? And I mean, 
back to Leeds, I don't think they're going to blow it this time. And they fully deserve, the Premiership needs a team like Leeds in there. And it's going to be a completely ball game, different ball game. But teams like Brentford that come in, like Sheffield United that came in, they, they, look at what Sheffield United has been doing. So I think Brentford is probably the Sheffield United if they qualify. Yeah, the interesting thing with Brentford is you've got Ollie Watkins as well, top scorer in the championship side, Ben Rama. The team scores goals for fun. And they've actually got a Leeds old boy at the back, Pontus Janssen, which Marcelo Bielsa last season uh, let go because uh, Pontus Janssen didn't want Villa to score at that time. He was yeah. the only player in the Leeds squad that tried to stop Villa scoring that goal. And Marcelo Bielsa said, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit into my philosophy, into my values. We ship you over. Pontus Janssen has marshaled that Brentford defence really well as well. So I, I, I agree with, with, with Gogs. Villa last night, I believe, was 15 wins in a row. Brentford are the top form team right now in the championship. And, and we know this every season when you've got that one team that mm. comes right at the moment. They're, they're hitting it right, right on the spot. Even if they get into the playoffs, I, I feel that they will be the one that would probably clinch that final spot. And, and Ray Jennings will, will be over the moon with that. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say. Now, now, the championship is really exciting. If you look at the other end of the table, guys, um, 24th to 17th. It's 43 points, Barnsley, at the bottom. Uh, 17th place, Stoke City, 49 points. Three games to go. It's not decided yet. All right, Barnsley, probably no form. Luton are a point above them. And then a point above Luton is Hull City. Charlton are in the mix. I really hope the addicts don't go down. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but yeah, Huddersfield in the mix. Middlesbrough look like Warnock may get them out of trouble. Uh, it's an exciting league down there, Des. It's brilliant. It's, it's what sports really is about. Genuine competition. That's uh, one, of, one of my other issues about the modern football is you've got the super clubs who make it not ultra competitive. Yeah, it's very pretty to watch, but you've got six teams slugging it out and there's a real uh, goal at the end of it to stay in that division or like in the, for the playoffs, a, a real slugfest. Wonderful, wonderful emotion for those particular communities. It matters in Middlesbrough if they stay up. It matters over in the uh, in Southeast London if Charlton stay up. It matters, and that's so important. And amongst all the super club talk, let's remember community is where football really belongs. All right, uh, there's another round in midweek in the championship. West Brom are playing Fulham. You've got Reading against Middlesbrough. Uh, Cardiff against Derby. Wow, that's a, that's a straight fight to, to knock someone out of the reckoning there. Near the bottom, you've got Millwall against Blackburn. Luton against Queen's Park Rangers. Leeds United, as Arvin mentioned, they're playing Barnsley in a Yorkshire derby. Nottingham Forest, we, we didn't actually mention them. Bob's Nottingham Forest, they play Swansea. Um, Forest with an outside chance, but um, yeah, they, you wouldn't say they're a team with the momentum, not like Brentford, but, but they've been in the mix all season as well. So brilliant stuff. We're going for another break. When we come back, then we're going to start previewing uh, midweek EPL action for you. We wondered if you'd make a difference. Tell you what the beats and ball ends up, doesn't he? Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Two-goal lead, a picture of a goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us, Goglin, Des, and Arvind here to uh, take a look at match week 36. Just three rounds to go 
in the EPL. And we're going to start with the, the first game, which comes up on Wednesday, 3.15 a.m. kickoff. Don't you love it with school starting this week? As <laughs> I'm just having a moan. Don't worry about me. But Chelsea against Norwich, Gogolin. Um, Chelsea, uh, well, someone is on for a hiding when they face Chelsea because they've been hurt recently. And you fear for Norwich in this game, don't you? Well, I, I mean, Chelsea's home form is, you know, something to talk about. They, they will show up. And after what happened uh, on the weekend, was it the weekend? Yeah. You, you, you got to fear for Norwich. And Norwich has given up the ghost. They're, they're on the beach already. They're prepared for the championship. They've been prepared for the championship since Project Restart, so it's all Chelsea this one. Should Should Daniel Farker continue the the Norwich project? Des, do you reckon? Do you, he, has he done enough? Has he shown enough? Absolutely, he should can continue the the project. And uh, this is actually a banana skin for Chelsea because Norwich, they, so they will have had the sword of Damocles hanging over them for the last uh, three four weeks since since the restart. Now they know their fate. They've got nothing to lose. They might go out and enjoy themselves so long as they can learn how to defend at the, at the central defensive area. Uh, they may well have a chance to upset Chelsea because I don't know what's going on, going on at Chelsea. I just don't get the mentality. Um, so this will either be a hammering for Chelsea over Norwich or Norwich causing an upset. I, that, that's, that's as close to a big shout from Des on a Monday <laughs> as you're going to get. Put, put your money on it. <laughs> put your money, put your house on it. Uh, Burnley versus Wolves, Arvin. It's a Thursday, 1 a.m. kickoff. Both teams are fighting for the Europa League. And the winner of this, well, it's it's going to eliminate the other team, isn't it? It is. It is definitely going to. I mean, in terms of both, both the teams, we've talked about how well both of them have done this season. So it would be a real nice icing on the cake at the end of it if one of them secures that, that Europa League spot. Um, Burnley probably would, would feel that at home they should be able to eat this out. But but Wolves have come into a little bit of good form. They've got good fixtures for the remaining couple more at the end of the season. So I, I feel that Wolves would probably eat this out because quality-wise, the players that Wolves has and the style that they play, just like how Des would feel about Burnley, they, they should be able to overcome them on the day. Okay. Um, three games, actually, kicking off Thursday, 1 a.m. Man City are playing Bournemouth uh, as well. Um, depending on, on what kind of mood they're in, Gogs, if they're banned from Europe, <laughs> they might be right for <laughs> exactly. And Bournemouth, we, we, we know, well, Bournemouth have got some sort of momentum after scoring four against Leicester at the weekend. It's do or die for Bournemouth. And, and with City, well, it, a lot depends on, on how they are mentally, right? Yeah. I mean, how, again, they will have this uh, siege mentality and all that, regardless of what happens. And City at home, you could you could put bet your house on it, especially at this time of the season. Where it's, and regarding what's going to happen later today, I think you yeah, City are odds on, and I'm glad Bournemouth are playing City right now. But <laughs> after, I mean, especially after the weekend, uh, did we speak about City over the weekend? Yeah, especially after the performance over the weekend, you could, and they've got a home game coming up against Bournemouth. You, you can put your money on that one. Am I not right, Des? I think so. It's whether it's going to be five or seven. That's the only real question <laughs> I think on this. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, I wonder what the odds are going to be for Dominic Solanke to score two games in a row after not scoring for or pretty much the entire season. For 700 uh, but, odd days or something. There you go, there you go. But now, Man City on, on the day, they can rotate. They can rotate any amount of players on the day itself at home. Uh, Pep, uh, 
regardless, I feel regardless of what the decision is tonight from from Cass, regardless of it, Pep demands that perfection. He will not let up, and Bournemouth have got uh, have got no chance on this one. All right, and he's got the Champions League. He's he's aiming for the Champions League, Guardiola. Newcastle versus Spurs is also uh, Thursday, 1 a.m. kickoff. Uh, Des, I asked Goggs this earlier. He didn't give me an answer. Jose Mourinho is the third highest paid manager in the world. Discuss. He's won everything. Uh, what, what was the latest one? He's won eight major derbies and a great staff came back saying, well, Bob Paisley only won one, so Bob Paisley must be rubbish. Uh, so is he worth it? I don't know. He's, he's, made, he's made a very attack-minded Spurs very defensively um, defensively boring and that's not worth a lot of money to me but then again Steve Bruce does that for a living um, hey no, no sorry so, I didn't answer your question sorry I didn't answer your question also Ross but because I mean sorry Des finish no it's, it's so um, it, is he worth it we'll find out if he stays another year if he's able to get the better out of Spurs in one year you've got to allow any manager at least 24 months with the club to begin to make any kind of decision because then that becomes his team. But he's, he's made decisions which I don't understand so far and the results have gone against him. Although it went for him at the weekend. The game yeah. the game has passed the game has passed him by Ross. Modern football yeah, so, has passed Jose Marino by you you only need to look at his time, his last couple of months, his last year at Man United. Um where, where, from the time that we used to, to rebel of how he how well he did with Porto and how well he did with Inter. I think the Real Madrid job, I think, pretty much destroyed him a little bit. And but since then he's not been pulling up trees. And you ask yourself the question, that outlay that Spurs has given him, is it worth it? No, not for me. The game has passed him, but modern football has passed Jose Marino. Yeah, yeah. I think the the money the money that he's commanding now is all based on marketing and hype that he has gone. And and the turning point was the Real Madrid game. The Real Madrid gig. The Real Madrid gig was he was there just to spoil Barcelona. He was pissed off. He never got the Barcelona job, and he was his only job was to get into Barcelona's kid at Real Madrid. And he went about it the wrong way, rubbing the players the wrong way. And after that, like Arvin said. And we never saw this. We never saw this with Jose Moreno in Porto. We never saw him in Chelsea. We never saw him in Inter. He would he would defend his team. Whatever happens in the dressing room happens in the dressing room. Since then, since Madrid, since coming back to Chelsea and Man United, now at Spurs, he comes out and literally slashes his players in public. And you never saw that from Jose Moreno. So I feel that he's not been able to command the new age type footballers. And again, modern football has passed Jose Moreno. So I won't be surprised his tenure at Spurs ends and he doesn't give them that trophy that they've been they've been needing to get for so many years since 2008 right now. Okay. Uh, Newcastle uh, versus Spurs is a Thursday 1 a.m. kickoff. Uh, Aston Villa are away in Liverpool facing the blue side of Liverpool, Gokes. Um, yeah. Ever, it was a must-win game. <laughs> well, you must every, win every, three, right? We, We've got three cup finals. We've got three cup finals coming up. And uh, Everton now will be wounded, obviously, after the hiding they got. So, yeah, but, you know, it's all in our hands and we've got no excuse. If, if, if you can't win three games on a trot, you're no business, you're no business being in the Premiership, like I've said. Will Jack I honestly be think there next season? Definitely not. Grealish, McGinn, even McGinn, I'm not sure is going to be there. Okay, the standout tie of Match Week 36 is Arsenal against Liverpool. Arsenal are a fragile little side, but you can kind of see what Mikel Arteta's trying to do. They've got exciting young players. Liverpool, well, as Des mentioned, they are champions in automatic, or automatic mode at the moment. So, Des, how is this game going to pan out? Are we going to see like a 4-4 draw? 
Are we going to see Gunners? <laughs> What's going to happen here? Well, Liverpool don't do 4-4 draws anymore, and that's the reason they became champions. They tightened up significantly uh, with uh, Van Dijk and, and Alisson coming in. Uh, so they don't do those kind of games. They're capable the Newcastle of scoring goals. At, 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 yeah, exactly. At, 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 at every time, Liverpool are capable of scoring goals. I do think it's now down to individual motivations. Um, we, we, you could, if you've won the league, you've done the job. And no matter how much you want to push, you're, you're in. Uh, your inspiration isn't there. But I'd hope that Liverpool are good enough to actually pick this one up. It'd be nice to get 100 points, but it's it's, it's, it's not the end of the yeah, they, if you don't. Yeah, it's a pity though. I think that would have been really something for them to remember. And they've got to win all three of the remaining games. They've got Correct. they've got Arsenal, they've got Chelsea again as well Chelsea, to play. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's gonna it's not gonna be the easiest. But I feel it's a it's a missed opportunity. They, they would have I mean it's been a great season for what whatever it is. No one's gonna take any way, anything away from them. But to have surpassed that hundred point mark that Guardiola had set would have been something. So a little bit of a missed opportunity, but still three more games to go. Let's see how they go. All right, uh, Arsenal Liverpool is a Thursday, three fifteen a.m. kickoff. A quick word about Leicester City, then, Arvind. Um, yeah, I mean, has have they, they, their challenge for for a Champions League spot? Do you reckon it's fading? Do you reckon it's gone? Do you reckon it's still alive? Yeah. What's happening there? Oh, definitely fading. Definitely fading. Out of all the top four teams, they are the team with the the the, the least form on them right now and it's surprisingly it's come at a time when there's been a lot of discussions with Brendan Rodgers potentially having a contract extension better terms somehow they've they've the, the, their eyes no longer on the ball on this and they, they've got grave concerns because over the weekend they've dropped points Chelsea have dropped points if Man United win their game in hand tonight that puts some serious pressure obviously Everyone is counting and hoping the fifth spot still goes into the Champions League based on what happens with the City court, court hearing. But Leicester have, have somehow just, since the restart, they've looked like the team that's come back the least prepared out of, out of all things, defensively and attacking-wise as well. So really, really big concerns on how they're going to do for the remainder of the three games. All right. You should, be happy. You should be happy, Ross. Uh, third looks a distinct possibility for United right now. Okay. Um, elsewhere, you've got then Crystal Palace against Man United. Uh, can't preview two United games for you. <laughs> Southampton <laughs> against Brighton. It's a Friday, 3.15 a.m. kickoff. And then you've got West Ham against Watford, Saturday morning, 3 a.m. Uh, that one kicks off. That's your match week 36. Uh, we're done with the guys. So many thanks, Gogolin. Thank you very much. Well, I'm still in the premiership. <laughs> <laughs> Top table boy for now. Thank you, Des Corkill. Always a pleasure, Ross. Always. Malaysian football, we're still waiting final uh, comeback dates for, for our season. Look out for the press for them. We're expecting some decisions this week. Have a great week, Arvin Sidhu. Take care, everyone. Hopefully, the 16 year wait ends very soon. We'll all know in the next week and a half. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. Spot you next Monday. Bye bye. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On the Ball on BFM 89.9. It is now. It's Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.